0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 73. Hey there, impact drivers. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking about how to tie strategy to projects and realize measurable business outcomes. Be still my beating heart. We are talking my love language because we are talking about tying our projects to the actual outcomes we are helping the organization achieve. This episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT Business Management Solution, Group's Project Portfolio Management, and Agile capabilities, into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change. Create greater value from your initiatives and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 073. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 073. Check out all ServiceNow has to offer right on the podcast page. And with me today is Ronnie, Ronnie, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Laura.
0: Absolutely. Let me tell you all a little bit about Ronnie before we dive in. I am so excited for this conversation. So Ronnie is the head of the PMO, Enterprise Agile Transformation and Organizational Change Center of Excellence at ServiceNow. Oh my goodness. All of the things that help the organization deliver on strategy. I love this. Okay. She has extensive experience leading strategic initiatives like Managed Services, Transformation Center of Excellence, Right Shoring, which I definitely want to learn more about that. And she previously held global leadership roles in a variety of industries, leading IT strategy, shared service transformations, portfolio and program management, and operational excellence, where she has led and deployed global PMO frameworks and service delivery teams to drive value capture synergies. So, this is perfect because she's doing a lot of the things that a lot of you p m o leaders are either doing or want to be doing, and you know these are things I've had a lot of those roles too enterprise transformation, shared services, all of that under this umbrella of enterprise p m o so we'll be able to kind of hear Ronnie's perspective on how you can leverage all of these different ideas and perspectives and strengths to help ensure that all of your projects are helping the organization achieve the highest possible outcome and return on investment. So, Ronnie, thank you again so much for being here.
1: Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: So why don't we start with the basics? Mm -hmm. You and I both believe very strongly in this concept of a business-minded, business-focused PMO.
1: So Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things I would say is we really undermine the importance of the PMOs in the organizations today, right? We are central functions. We actually have visibility to this cross-functional enterprise-wide roadmaps and initiatives that are undergoing. So in order to truly move the needle, uh, especially as I work with organizations that are heavy on digital transformation, Right. the key things that would undermine that digital business performance is you know not understanding strategy and cross functionally focusing too much on cost optimization rather than value optimization, right not being able to really understand that continuous change, which almost is a norm now, and really allowing that adaptability to accommodate those shifting strategies so to me, a business outcome-focused PMO is the one that encompasses these three elements. Realize, really under, understanding where the business and the company wants to go, taking into account the organizational change that's needed, and then delivering that at scale to be able to continuously deliver because you cannot have uh, roadmaps that are just steady for years and years and years. And, and by the time you're ready to deliver, it's already not meeting the business needs.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you just threw like a five value bombs in there that I want to kind of pause on because you're just like, oh yeah, it's just this, right? (laughs) And I love it when you're in it, when you're in it, right? It's like, oh, well, this is what we're doing. But I think that there's some really important points that I want to touch on. One, you talked a lot about strategy and strategic alignment. And every PMO even if it's not focused on strategic projects, needs to understand the strategy of the organization, the the why, why we're doing what right, we're doing. Right. And so it's super important that an important part for you and for the PMOs you built is really connecting the strategy of what the business is trying to accomplish with the outcomes, the business focused outcomes you're helping the organization achieve. So that was a really important one. You talked about evolution. You talked about how the PMO needs to be continuously evolving to meet the needs of the organization. And you can't just stay stagnant and have, you know, this is what we're focusing on. This is all we do. As the needs shift of the organization, you need to be able to shift with those needs, which means, You've put a PMO in place that is adaptable and flexible and nimble, and that's how it becomes business focused. And I think those are Mm -hmm. really important things that I've had my advisors over the years say, yeah, the stuff you take for granted, the stuff that you're like, well, this is just what I do, right? That's stuff that a lot of people when they're earlier in in their journey, like you and I have talked about, may not realize how important those things are. And so the reason you're so successful, what it means to be a business-focused PMO, and the reason your PMO is so successful in service now is so successful in delivering on their strategy is because you have this great alignment between the work you do, the services you do, and helping to connect not just all the projects to that overall big picture strategy, but the way you as a, and your team as a PMO delivers value to the organization. So all of that is super important. So I'm glad we started there. And I
1: just want to hold on. You're just throwing all this stuff out there like, oh, no big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I right. think exactly. I think the, the clarity, again, comes down from your CEOs already, right? Where there are the yeah. top three or the top five priorities for a company to grow. And that then translates into how each function is contributing that. And that connecting of those dots, I think, is really of paramount importance for a PMO to then translate the roadmap into uh, programs and initiatives that actually deliver back to that strategy.
0: Yes, exactly. And I like that emphasis. And I think it's really important that one of the value-added services that a PMO can provide is helping to really connect that why right? Because the people that are doing the work, they're in the day-to-day, they get so focused on all the outputs they're creating, right? Like I was just doing a webinar for a big group and we were talking about how no matter the process, they might get so stuck in like story points or the different deliverables they're they're (laughs) creating and they're forgetting to step back at why are we doing these story points? Why are we putting these features into our product? And it's helping people perform better when they're connected with that why so i'm glad that you guys right from the start are crystal clear on creating that alignment path all the way through the journey of defining the strategy all the way through to seeing that impact realized with your end users your end customers so that's pretty exactly cool. that's pretty cool so let's talk a little bit about some of the success that you've had in achieving these business outcomes can you talk a little bit about what that's looked like for you?
1: Yeah. And I have to say the success wasn't overnight, right? It, I mean, I have to be honest with the audience. It is a journey. I came to ServiceNow about two years ago. And when I stepped in, the first thing I noticed was it was a very traditional approach of delivering projects without necessarily connecting the dots. Nothing wrong with it. You have to still have a strong execution engine, right? However, what I found three weeks into this job is that we weren't really Moving towards a vision of helping that our digital transformation, moving the needle from a strategic standpoint and nurturing our human capital to enable that, right? So uh, we kind of came up with uh, a three-year roadmap. And in that three-year roadmap, I started with a build, then we went into grow, and then we went into Excel and transform. And I'm happy to report we're now in the Excel and transform phase of, of it, two years um, on this journey. But of key things, right, that were not necessarily right. We did not have the strat plans aligned with what pro- projects will be doing. And, well, when we deliver those projects, Every quarter, are we going in and looking at those outcomes? If they actually tied back to the strategy we began the year with. Secondly, we weren't consistent in the way we were governing the portfolio. It was a very on-time, on-budget, red, green, yellow status approach. Mm-hmm. It wasn't more of, strategy, benefits, and looking at budget, scope, time to market in the context of that, right? right. We are a global team. We did not actually manage everything consistently. So the leaders didn't actually always get that value realization number in a consistent manner. Mm-hmm. And really having that forecast of value and every quarter having a report out back to management and i'm happy to say it right now we are we do have an 80% on benefit target we are trending somewhere between 89 to 95% quarter over quarter so
0: holy cow yeah. that's yeah. incredible yeah. and i want to really emphasize what you're talking about here you're not just talking about the triple constraint you're not just talking about time scope and cost mm-hmm. here one of the things i talk about a lot is listen i know everyone's really excited about their evm Numbers, the earned value management, and the time scope yeah. and cost, yeah. and that's how we were yeah. trained. Many of us that were PMP certified, for example, we were trained all about inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques. So it's no fault of our own that that's where we go. That's right. our strengths, right? Right. And right. Right. that doesn't tell you the whole story. You said something really important there, which is that triple constraint data is important in the context of the business outcomes you're trying to achieve, and then where and how this stuff aligns with I strategy. And that's super, super important. So what you're talking about is not just on time on scope on budget percentages that high, but that year over right. year, you know, the quarter over quarter with 89 to 90%. Holy cow, that is like the holy grail of what people are looking
1: for. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing
0: because and, and, you've got to have some room in there for shifts that are gonna happen, et cetera. But the fact that you've yeah. created this incredible alignment between the strategy and the business objectives and the outcomes you're helping the organization achieve. Those are incredible numbers and something that PMO leaders should aspire to. And you've accomplished it because you created an evolutionary roadmap that helped you kind of go on that
1: journey to achieve those objectives right. over time.
0: So that's a, that's a great. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think the key is that we can't lose focus, obviously, on time, on budget, but right. that's table stakes, right? So we still have a 95% target to hit on on time, on budget. However, that is something we just keep an eye on, because, so we don't miss it. The key metrics that we encourage our leaders to give us decisions on are, first of all, like I said, on benefit. Are the investments actually yielding the benefits of the business? Not an IT metric where we yes. want to say, "Oh, adoption rate. We got 98% of our users go on a web page. So what? Did it result in the behavioral change of that persona that actually helps you?" either close a deal faster or get more customers or reduce our down sale risk, right? That is really the key business outcome to talk about. Right. We also talk about, are the resources aligned to the right strategies? How much of my resources should be on a go-to market versus a security part of the portfolio? And we actually report out on that as well. Mm -hmm. Of course, we report out on budgets to estimate to complete. So we want to make sure we're not overspending or underspending. The budget is the budget, right? Right but we also look at organizational change. We actually look at the level of business readiness on a scale of one to five and make sure that when we're ready to launch, we have the right level of readiness for those businesses, not just IT, so that the technology will actually be consumed and the adoption risk is managed. And because most of our teams, uh, I'm happy to report 65% of our teams now are agile and they've transformed, they also report their velocity to say, are we 20% faster in time to market and our velocity? So it's more of a holistic approach of looking at how our investments are behaving uh, against the strategy that we started out with.
0: So I'm really glad you brought that up because velocity is really important. And part of what I tell PMO leaders is, listen, your job is to help the organization achieve the business strategy with the highest possible return on investment that they can as fast as they can, right? Because the longer something takes to get done, the less opportunity you have to fully achieve those benefits you're intending to achieve. If you're not paying attention to time to market and you get there second, you may miss the chance to really capture the segment of the market you were going after. So it's not just doing it right, certainly not just doing it right, it's doing the right projects correctly And as fast as possible. So, I think that that's really uh, most of us like grew up in a world where it's do the projects right. Well, how do we make sure we're doing the right projects in the first place? And that's where portfolio management came in and that alignment with strategy. And then we had to say, now we've got to get faster, right? And so, I think it's super cool that you've got 65% of your organization switched over to more of an agile implementation methodology with a purpose, not just to do it, but with a purpose of accelerating getting to impact that's so super cool i love it i love what i'm hearing i love it okay thank you thank you you should be very proud we haven't even gotten through all the questions and i just want to say that (laughs) this is what our pmo leaders need to be aspiring towards and this is what's possible right and this is why you have a seat at the table in your organization and in these conversations is because you get this and you're speaking their language not yours, right? You're not speaking PM speak at them. You're talking about business problems being solved and strategy being realized. So I love it. I love it. Okay, let's keep going. We've talked about the way you think about this business outcome focused PMO. You've talked about some of the success you've had. Now I think our PMO leaders listening want to understand what the factors are that are driving that success. So can you talk a little bit about what you think those big factors are that are leading you to be
1: so successful? Yeah, I would say two things that immediately come to my mind. One is sponsorship, right? Without sponsorship, it's really hard to drive that change. I'm going to keep emphasizing the amount of organizational change this was, of course, because before a VP could just pick up a phone and be like, I need a PM and they would get a PM. Now they actually have to go through a business case and a benefit justification process on why are we doing this project? I'll get you the PM, don't worry about it. Why are we even doing this project, right? So there was obviously a tremendous amount of sponsorship that was needed from our C-suites to actually support this mindset shift of thinking strategy first, thinking of the why, not the what, the why and then the what and how would come, right? And count on us to tell you the what and why. So the sponsorship was key. And secondly, a very clear vision and a commitment to drive that. So like I said in my initial conversation, that it was a journey. And believe it or not, when I started off the journey, we had to still put in some building blocks about how the methodology will work. What does a business case look like? When right. you put together a benefits plan, what is it that you have to enter? How, what are the algorithms that you would have to use to even right. come up with a benefits forecast? So there was a lot of foundational stuff we have to do. To get to a point now where we are talking the lingo of, yeah, we're 89% on benefit. Yes, we have 20% higher time to work in. So that evolution, having a very clear roadmap and a commitment to drive that, I think those were sort of the two key elements for getting us there. And make sure you understand those milestones, right? Because you can't just say, I'm going to take two years, and in two years, of course, I'm going to be phenomenal but we had to almost every quarter do a readout of our path to get to those two years, right? It was a a very measurable way for the PMO to demonstrate that, look, here's the talent that we have switched. I had to make all my program managers now also perform duties of a scrum master, of a release train engineer, of Chief Scrum Masters, as we moved to Scrum and SAFe, We had to make sure that technology changed. We actually moved everybody from PowerPoint and Excel to our own platform, which does everything right from demand to business realization. And we digitized the process end-to-end. And also embedded organizational change in the methodology, right? It was just something that people did after yes. go-live. We had to make sure that we incorporated that right from initiating through planning and also post launch because in the agile world you're in continuous improvement yeah. every quarter you're doing a major release and you know what that scorecard needs to continuously be measured again so i think again commitment strong sponsorship and be very clear on where you want to get to in that journey those were instrumental in helping us get to our north star
0: oh it's so good now you saw me react so emotionally because A lot of people, when it comes to the PMO, and I've I've been seeing this for years, and frankly, when I started building PMOs in 1999, as we've talked about, I didn't have access to a lot of information, resources, support, none Mm -hmm. of it, right? And so I was trying to figure it out on my own. Now, the good news is I had common sense, and I asked my business leaders what they needed, right? Now, fast forward several years, and I've been doing PMOs for a while, and I'm in different organizations. Now I'm reading more books, taking more courses, and there's this big emphasis on hey, first put a bunch of templates in place and then all this process and all these like this big monolithic two year life cycle before you start showing any value for the PMO, right? And whenever I start trying to right. do that, yeah. my business leaders were saying, hold on, no, no, no. I mean, because really, what business leader is going to come to you and say, wait, hold on. Can you come back when you have five more templates for me to fill out, right? Like they're not going to say on, that. Right. So <laughs> what was happening was as when I started doing what the books were telling me to do or the courses were telling me to do, you're looking at like a two-year life cycle of build your PMO charter and create all this stuff before you're ever showing any value. So my emotional reaction was, what you don't know is that I actually have a program called the Impact Engine PMO, which is an agile implementation approach to building and running PMOs. Right. It's an agile implementation approach with 90 day cycles. So I totally agree. 90 day cycles, every quarter you're addressing pain points. You're keeping in line with your scorecard. What do we say we're going to do? Are we doing it? Not just, are we doing it, but is it having the return on investment we expected? And you keep iterating that way because, and what I love about it is that it embraces the reality and the benefits of agile and agile approach, which is constant value being driven for the organization, right? So it's not just a lot of PMO leaders that just get overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, there's so many things to do, all these requests coming in, build your roadmap, put those things on the roadmap, have your 90 day cycles where you're saying, Let's roll out one pain point solution that we've got that's tied to the strategy that's going to help us deliver more value. And then let's evaluate, is it accomplishing what we said it was going to accomplish? And then we keep iterating through. So I love that you were doing that and you've been doing that. And that's why you've been so successful. And frankly, why ServiceNow is so successful, because you're able to meet the customer needs so quickly because you keep evolving. And it's not just incremental improvement. It's real evolution that happens over those cycles, those 90 day cycles. And, you know, it's Absolutely. why you've been able to accomplish an incredible amount of value and return exactly. for the investment in the PMO in a short time, like a couple of years is a short time to do all that you've done from where you started. So this is fantastic. I just, I love it. Okay. So what's Thank next? You. What's next for you? So you've been talking about this evolution, this journey. What's next for you, for your team, for your PMO in supporting ServiceNow's
1: overall business strategy and success? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we've done a really nice job of This organizational stewardship of like benefits and tying it to strategy and really enabling a good investment decision making. Key things for us to watch out for next are really threading that strategy through all the organizational and functional layers to really close that gap. Uh, We still see sometimes that disconnect between the vision and the Mm -hmm. operational reality like, like you were talking about. So we're working on what's called a value pyramid where say the operational metric of a line manager would be, hey, I would save a thousand hours by automating this, right? Which totally makes sense at a scrum team, at a line manager level. What does that mean for the VP, right? Oh, let me translate that labor savings into a Mm -hmm. dollar value, Mm -hmm. right? And what does that mean for the CXO? For the CXO, we take those 10 different initiatives that are actually contributing to it and create the value pyramid just at a C-suite level so that they can actually understand that value proposition. And now you've got the tie from a vision down to an operating level. And every level of the management can understand their translation of value. So that's kind of the next big step for us. COVID has taught us all lessons about how digitization is no longer a differentiator, it's an imperative, right? This year we focused a lot on agile transformation. Next year we are embarking on our DevOps journey to get to a very product centric focus, getting enterprise-wide collaboration and really driving continuous delivery to scale the technology organization. We've actually created like bots for demand creation. We've automated some of our KPIs. We're looking at more like artificial intelligence driven, say, workforce planning or light project management, uh, things of that nature. So really kind of looking at technology to take over the science of project management so we can do the art of project management, right?
0: Oh my gosh, exactly, Um, exactly. That's such a big opportunity. I think, so what I've been telling the PMO community, I call them impact drivers, my PMO community. And what I've been telling my impact drivers is that we've got to find ways to streamline, optimize and automate all of the things that are why they call us box checkers, why they call us administrative overhead. If you've been called that, it's because you're doing the administrative work. So where can you leverage technology? Where can you automate? Where can you streamline? Do you really need 14 templates to start a project, right? I mean, what do you really need to do in order to enable and empower your teams to deliver and make that bigger impact? And right. I think it's so great when we have things like like COVID taught us, right? There's, we were using technology all over the place, right? And in places right. people are like, oh, well, we can't do that. Well, we're doing it now. And my warning to PMO leaders is do not go back to the old way, right? Use this (laughs) as a chance to break free from the administrivia of your PMO and automate and use the tools that are available to you out there in the marketplace to help you solve these business problems so that the PMO leaders, if you wanna sit at the table, stop being administrative doesn't mean administrative tasks don't have to happen, but wouldn't it be great if we had a suite of automation tools and portfolio management capabilities that we were using to automate all that so that we can have that seat at the table, have the right conversations we need to be having with business leaders, help them address the what if scenarios that are happening when A market crisis happens or when a pandemic happens right we need to be able to anticipate and answer those questions and we can only do that if all of the if we're if we're not worrying about where the real data sits on somebody's desktop over there and that it takes three days we ask for a status report we have to turn a status report in on friday so we make everybody give us the status report on wednesday and so they have to make up status for thursday and friday right like we We make things so complicated and then we wonder why people run in the other direction. Right? So this is a great opportunity. I love that you guys are going to continue to streamline and optimize and automate and really just level up. That's what the message is for me to my impact driver community is level up. This is the chance to really earn your seat at the table by being a strategic business partner. Right. And you cannot do that. Exactly. Stuck in the
1: administrative So. Exactly. And I think you said it right, Laura. It's not that the administrative work goes away, but guess what? You have technology to help you yeah. staff that and do that and focus more on the emotional intelligence aspects, because that's yes. really where your business needs help. That's where the business needs your partnership. And think of all that organizational change, which is part and parcel of all those programs that we manage, right? And we set up a short-term time to work in and manage all those shifting priorities and organizational change. So that is very, very important as you continue to strive to become that strategy realization office, is that how much of that emotional intelligence are you providing and then really kind of automating and doing away with the administrative effort. That's necessary. It's a necessary evil, Mm -hmm. but you don't really have to exert precious calories um, on that.
0: Yes. And that's, Oh, I love how you said that. And that's something that people talk about. Well, is artificial intelligence going to be the end of the PMO? Well, if it is, you were doing it wrong right? Because if you can be replaced by the machines, then all you were doing was right. the administrative tasks the machines should be exactly. doing for you. And you should be focusing on that, the emotional intelligence, the people side. And I love, I love, love, love how your PMO not just has the PMO, traditional PMO functions, but it also has enterprise agile transformation and my favorite organizational change. Because all too often we outsource the change management aspects of a project or a program to HR or, oh, the org change business team over there. It needs to be incorporated into the change you're creating. And exactly. you guys have it all organized such that all of the work to create change is in one place, which means everybody's thinking about it and you're weaving change management through the entire life cycle of delivering on strategy. So cool.
1: Absolutely,
0: that. absolutely. All right so I have a couple of other questions for you. So as yeah, sure. a female business leader, we often find ourselves in positions where we are one of few in an organization yeah. especially as you go up higher in the organization. I'm wondering if you have yeah. any yeah. tips tips for our female business leaders or those that are aspiring to be female business leaders. On Maybe if you can talk a little bit about what your journey has been like and any advice mm. to any of our female business leaders that are listening or our male leaders that are listening that maybe can do a little bit more to support in their organization.
1: Absolutely. I, well, I think, first of all, I want to give a lot of female leaders hope. I mean, my own organization is half female leaders and half female individual contributors. So absolutely, there's plenty of opportunities there. So I would encourage all female leaders to look up and keep powering through that. I will say that female leaders, we tend to be more hard on ourselves and it is natural where we always want to be like 200% ready when we're, when we're ready to take that next career move, if you will. Here's something that I actually learned from one of my male bosses is you have to trust your instincts. You have to trust your ability to compensate for lack of knowledge. So even if you're 70% there, it's okay. Take the leap of faith and move on. And that's where I have eventually been able to gain that confidence is that, look, I can do the research. I know I can do the hard work. I can figure out the 30% through my hard work. So that's one advice I would definitely give is that don't wait until you're 200% ready. It's okay if you're 60, 70% of the way there. Take that leap of faith, work hard through it. You will get across that finish line. I would also say just bring your authentic self. right? Don't try to be something different because some books or some bad experience may have taught you that. I think be your authentic self, Say what you believe is right. And trust me, people will appreciate that because that's what our business partners are looking for. They want value. They want honesty. They want transparency, especially with a PMO because you have to be the Switzerland, right? In times of war. So <laughs> I would definitely give those two pieces of advice to all the female leaders out there. Oh, that is so,
0: so good. And I think so meaningful to all female business leaders that are listening to this. It's really trust yourself. And if you're not confident, you will build confidence by trusting your instincts and learning as you go, right? You don't have to have everything perfect. It's an evolutionary process of your own career. And I love the authenticity aspect. Whenever I, in my career as a PMO leader, tried to be something that I wasn't, it just didn't work. And what I found, like in your experience, what I found is that My business leaders loved it when I was just transparent and honest and authentically me in my wild and crazy, I'll tell you like it is kind of way. When you are not authentic, people will not trust you because there's only so long that you can keep that cloak on and mask who you really are. And so trust can erode really quickly. If you're trying to be something that you're not, so embracing who you are, embracing your strengths, figuring it out along the way, and having confidence in yourself and trusting your gut, I think is super important. And doing all that in an authentic way makes a huge Mm -hmm. difference for those around you because your credibility is based on whether or not they can trust you. And if you're not being authentic, that shines through so clearly for people that are paying attention. And then they'll say, well, if they're hiding this, what else are they hiding, right? So I love that. What incredible advice. Love it. Okay, so as we wrap up here, could you please talk to us a little bit about you're doing some really cool things in your organization, but I love Mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit about this action taking resource that you're sharing with everybody Mm -hmm. to help them kind of put into place what you're talking about here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'm going to leave the audience with is really a business case template and a benefit template that we use. Again, it is in PowerPoint and flex it to meet your needs. And I will say it's not easy. That is probably the most difficult part of any program, right? But that is really your opportunity to A, understand why is this an important, why is this a priority for the business, right? Is it to build a really solid go-to-market machine, or is it to really support a finance transformation? And not just that, a lot of people obviously can speak on why this is their vision, but how do you hold them accountable to how, well, how do I measure it? This will be successful when dot, 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 and you want them to fill in those blanks, right? So I would highly encourage you use this template. I will say it is hard. It is a difficult conversation, but it's the right conversation to have. And find that one or two sponsors or champions in your organization that believe in doing that right thing. And start small, start with a pilot experiment and do it on a couple of key big programs. And once that thing picks up, it's going to catch like wildfire. So I'll leave the audience with that. Oh,
0: that is so awesome. I'm really glad you're starting there because it is hard, but it's worth it. Right? Because If you do that work up front, then everything else is so much smoother through the entire implementation process of that strategy. And you can constantly remind people don't forget why we're here that why that you were talking about you can always go back to that why and when people want to make changes or things are off track or if the market shifts you can say is our why the reason we're doing this is this project still worth doing in the first place right so all throughout the entire life cycle of that individual project you can keep going back to that why so you're starting them off on the right foot with asking the right questions up front. And most things that are difficult are worth it, right? And in the things that are really Absolutely. worth it are difficult. So worth it in this case, because this, you've got to start strong if you're going to finish strong. So. Wow, Ronnie, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your professional journey, the ServiceNow, PMO, Agile Transformation, and Organizational Change Center of Excellence journey. I think it's so cool that all that stuff is together. And it's lovely to see how another PMO leader is making a huge impact in the world. So congratulations on your success.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity, Laura. It was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and I love reaching out to the PMO community. So thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: And all of you impact drivers out there, make sure you say hi to Ronnie in the mobile app and connect with her in the community and you guys can get the conversation going. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT business management solution groups project portfolio management and agile capabilities into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change and evolve in your organization. Create greater value from your initiatives, getting to that bigger impact, and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash zero seven three. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash zero seven three. Watch their demo and learn so much more about how they can help you make a bigger impact. So that's it for this session. Thank you all so much for being here. I hope this inspired you and helped you uh, feel confident about how you can make a bigger impact in your organization. All right. Bye bye for now.